North-South Connection. Welcome to You Know What That Means, an AEW podcast. This is episode 27. My name is Jordan Duncan. I am the host, and you might notice in my voice there is not a lot of excitement or joy. Uh, I have a pre-written statement to start our show. My co-host, Andrew Reich, will not be appearing on this episode. Uh, at the Jay Wamet Benefit Show uh, recently, uh, there was a skirmish after our backstage media scrum. Things were said uh, by Matt Souza, I believe. Uh, Andrew Reich reportedly bit Matt Souza, uh, threw a chair at Scott Criscolo for making fun of Orange Cassidy. Uh, there is pending litigation with the Place to Be Nation and North-South Connection. Uh, I am here as an eyewitness to report that Andrew is innocent of all charges. He was simply trying to save Chad Campbell's dog, uh, and he got caught up in the melee. I apologize for having to bring you that information. However, the show must go on. And with me tonight is my co-host, fresh out of the quarantine zone, which is much a lot like the impact zone and about as highly attended. It is Mr. Steve Willie. Steve, welcome back to our show. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, I, during the pandemic, well, I mean, clearly there's still a pandemic going on. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> as I tested positive again this morning. Um but yeah, during the during the uh, lockdown stage of our pandemic, I did the podcast Feeling Good for Now, and I can tell you that I'm barely feeling good for now, but <laughs> I'm glad to be able to talk to another human being, which yeah. is, like, not through a door. I, I have to be honest, I'm not as diligent anymore with keeping up on COVID news. Uh, what variant do you think you have? I have the, I should have worn a mask when I was at All Out variant. <laughs> gotcha. So is Brett Carlson patient zero? Uh, yeah, Brett had it a little a bit ago. Yep. So, yeah, he, he it could have been, you know, I, it's probably GCW that I got it. Let's be honest. Yeah, I, I wouldn't get your blood tested. For, yeah, I wouldn't just test for COVID. I'd test for many, many other sicknesses and diseases after going to a Game Changer show. Um, oh, God. I, I've done so well the last couple of years with being responsible and it's just like oh yeah you know it's you know no one's wearing masks no like, i didn't even think about it mm-hmm. and uh, you know it, it serves me right <laughs> yeah no I, i'm the same way like uh it's funny dusty uh my which is my wife you know that but our listeners mm-hmm. might not uh she had to take our daughter to an orthodontist and my daughter had like uh uh oral surgery a year ago so it's not just a regular routine thing mm-hmm. um and they left, and they came back in like five minutes later. I'm like, oh, did you forget your purse? She's like, we forgot masks because, you know, at medical places, masks are still required, but we're so used to not wearing them anywhere. Like, we used to have them in the car. We used to have them here and there, you know, and it's that stuff's kind of faded over time. Um, and, you know, that's why I guess everyone's still catching it. <laughs> like, mm. I got it in December over Christmas. Uh, I think it was the Omicron variant, but I call it the Spider-Man variant because it was when Spider-Man came out and everyone said, screw COVID, we're going to see Spider-Man. Oh, and sure. then we all got it a week later. <laughs> so that was definitely me. Uh, you know, And I remember distinctly Christmas shopping with my son in the car and like loudly sneezing like dad sneezes, you know? Uh, <laughs> and that's probably when I infected him as well. So, But we're glad you're doing well. Um, you are off quarantine, even though you said you tested positive still today. Glad you're feeling well and nothing too too serious. Um, yeah. But yeah. I do, uh, know, I do have a movie recommendations. She said Spider-Man. Okay. That is wrestling related. Um, 
I love movies and I never watch them anymore. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, if I'm going to be in a room for five days, I have no excuse to not at least watch one movie. And I I did watch two. Okay. And one I had been wanting to watch for a while uh, was the Bipolar Rock and Roller, uh, the documentary about Moro Ronaldo. Yeah, okay. And it was really good. It's only like an hour, 10, hour, 15 minutes. It's free on YouTube. Um, He's just a really interesting character. Is from a mental health background um it was kind of neat to see that perspective and they had um some sort of suit on and john pollock made about a 4.7 second uh <laughs> cameo on it which was kind of funny uh yeah it was i i really enjoyed it i i recommend it to anyone who's listening it's very very quick watch oh cool i saw um i saw his name pop up on twitter a few days back, you know, in the talk with Triple H over on the WWE side, bringing all these people back. He's like, he needs to bring back Moro, um, which I thought, well, that's actually kind of an interesting idea. You know, he is kind of bringing back everything that was, quote, his, and Moro's really his shining moments in yeah. WWE were under Triple H's watch, I would think. I don't know. But what other movies <laughs> did you watch? You said you watched two. Um, I watched a movie on Hulu called The Worst Woman in the World hmm. that probably only Andrew Reich would want to see. It's a, <laughs> it's a Norwegian indie film. <laughs> it's a Norwegian film. It got really, really great reviews last year, and I think it was uh, possibly up for Best Foreign Film, but it, it's on Hulu and uh, kind of a slice-of-life movie about a coming-of-age of a woman in like her mid-20s to 30s. She's not the worst woman in the world, I would say I'd say there's probably a, a few people ahead of her on this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good movie. Glad I glad I watched a couple. Watched gotcha. a lot of track, a lot of baseball, a lot of football. Yep. Played yep. a lot of MLB The Show. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I had uh, when I was on quarantine, I had my PlayStation moved into my bedroom. I'm like, I cannot do ten days yes. in here by myself without a video game. So uh, I was on Netflix just uh, earlier today, and I was scrolling. Um, here's a movie that you could recommend to anyone who's on quarantine if you want to make it worse. Morbius is now streaming on Netflix. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if you aren't suffering enough, <laughs> feel free to check out Morbius. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm like a comic book movie guy. I'll watch just about all of them. And that's probably one that even I'll like, I watched Eternals, you know, <laughs> and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll probably be like, nah, I'm not going to watch Morbius, but. Anyways. Uh, we watched the first two episodes of Miss Marvel and that's a comic where I've, Read every single issue. I had the first one. What I bought it when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that's a really good show. Yeah, I've first seen the very episodes. first episode, and I want to watch it with my daughter. Yeah, I think so too. It's it's a family show. It's mm-hmm. it's anybody can watch it. Yeah, of course. There's some controversy there. I've seen some controversy because, uh, spoiler alert, she's not white, and there are some people who get big mad when characters aren't white. Um, just like uh, also mermaids. An, or, an original <laughs> character. Exactly. Who was made like it was she was made Muslim. Literally the point of the comic book. Right. I, I, I genuinely think it's people who only know the MCU and don't know comic books and think mm-hmm. Captain Marvel is Miss Marvel. That's all I can figure out. But still, come on, man. Yeah, it's been the comics been around for quite Oh, She Hulk, I saw there was a little Oh, it was She Hulk. She Hulk came out in nineteen eighty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I saw people say, why why is it going to be a girl Hulk? She's so woke, man. (laughs) Where do you find out about some of this stuff? I saw people, uh, I've I've seen a lot of criticism. I watched the first episode of that, and I didn't love it, but I don't get the hatred towards it. But, you know, Uh, actually I do get the hatred towards it 
but that's another discussion. You know, I, I know where that hatred's really coming from. <laughs> yes. Just leave it at that. But uh, anyways, we are here to talk AEW, Steve. And uh, we just dropped uh, an episode last week because our schedule got a little wonky. And it worked out perfectly because uh, Rish and I had uh, a dilemma. Do we do an all-out preview show or an all-out review show? And we chose review. And I think we made the right call because there was some happenings at All Out and, of course, Shortly after All Out. Now, you were there live in attendance. Uh, I know it's uh, over a week ago, but give us a little bit of the live perspective. What did you enjoy most? Uh, what was the weekend like? What were the fans like? Just share your thoughts. Oh, man. Um, I do have the COVID brain a bit, so uh, there sure. has been some sure. that has been lost to time. Um, gosh, I remember the trios match was great yeah uh of course like the the um acclaimed swerve in our glory match got it reminded me of this is just hear me out on this the crowd <laughs> reaction reminded me of like attitude era type crowds yeah where it was just like people love the acclaimed and we're going to put them over because their catchphrases are great their charisma is great this is for me, daddy ass is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, and I thought Keith Lee did a great job of trying to turn himself a little bit heel. Yep. He was in an interview. I saw that he was a little uncomfortable because he's pretty much been a face constantly. Well, he's like, like the years. nicest human that's ever lived, you know? Right. <laughs> when he started in ring of honor, after he got signed by them and he was with Shane Taylor, I think they were like, uh, a heel tag team when they first started yeah but that's like the only time that i know i know that um holy cow this brain thing is real I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh pete schermacher had said like i know he saw him a bunch in texas when uh he first started oh, before anybody knew him yeah yeah so yeah yeah that, that was really fun just from top to bottom like you know you get to the end of the show and it's like you know it's 15 matches right that kingston ishii match was right i I love when people do something a little bit different there's like a couple matches in the g1 like there was like a taichi and koto ibushi match where they did nothing but kick each other (laughs) that was the entire match was them kicking each other and so uh my buddy counted the first chop battle between ishii and kingston and i think he said it was 65 oh my gosh consecutive chops emphasis on first chop battle like there was multiple (laughs) so yeah, it was, those those were the three matches that uh, immediately uh, came to my mind. Yeah, yeah, I, I think those the, specifically the two tags I think are the ones we'll have the lasting uh, memory. Like I think the best thing I could say about that trios match too is when they announced the trios title, I think everyone and their mom said Kenny's coming back, teaming with the Bucks, they're going to win the trios title. It was like the most foregone conclusion, and yet in that match, there's probably two or three moments where I bit. And thought the Dark Order was going to win. Like, yeah, there was one of those. I think the second of the two roll-ups that yeah. uh, out of like the John victory Silver roll had. out of the one-winged angel was the one where mm-hmm. I really thought that was it. So, um, I mean, they did everything they could, and like it was still the result that we all thought, but they had it in doubt, which is pretty masterful, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and that tag match. <laughs> so the funny thing about the acclaimed, anyone who's listened to the show knows I love the acclaimed. I really, really like them, and I would love to support them. But I am never, ever going to buy a shirt that says "Scissor Me, Daddy Ass." <laughs> like, no, I, it might 
That might rank as the most embarrassing wrestling shirt that's ever been made. It rivals the APA always pound an ass shirt. No, it, it, it's not that far. No, okay. <laughs> All right. But it's it's it's, one... it's the one of the worst current <laughs> sure, shirts sure. out there. And there were quite a few of them that were purchased that day. <laughs> yeah, I bet. My my favorite um and and you know the Pro Wrestling Tees is based out of Chicago. And they had like an all elite wrestling shirt that was supposed to be that was supposed to look like an L stop, like the L train stop in Chicago. Oh, okay. Signs. Only the signs looked like the New York subway system. Oh, so it wasn't even Not right. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well. Uh you know that made me think of something. I still have a little bit of COVID brain. Either that or just like old man brain. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. But you mentioned pro wrestling tees, and I remember reading a story about them recently and now I can't think of it. If it comes back to me, I'll just blurt out what it was. But so Again, we just taped last week, and if you want to hear my thoughts on this whole punk shoot work, whatever it started as, it turned into a full-blown shoot, burying the company, burying himself, sabotaging several main events. You want to hear about that? That's on last episode. That's episode 26. Steve, my question to you to start the show is, are you over all of this at this point? Like the news leaking out, like there's still breadcrumbs coming every day. It feels like, are you done hearing about this? I'm interested in hearing like the final narrative. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I am like, they've, it came out today cause we're taping on the, the day of dynamite. Yep. I actually, I believe it's on it as we're talking. Yeah, it's about to go live. Yeah. Or just did. Um, we were live, pal. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, like, Pat Buck is back um, as a producer today. And he was one of the suspended ones. Yeah, so it's suspended for one show. So he was probably someone who was caught in the middle of it all. Yeah. Didn't and, feed the dog. Um, yeah. Yeah, Brendan. <laughs> did you talk about the dog? A little bit, briefly, but that is the best part of the whole thing. Oh, my God. I love Kenny Omega. Just the person. (laughs) He's so aloof. Yes. That, like, he's in, like, there's this huge thing, and his first thought is, you know, I'm going to rescue Larry, CM Punk's dog, after CM Punk just buried my friends. Yeah. And his friends are in the room being physically attacked. Super kicking the door down. Yeah. And that was just, that was my favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah. And now he's in Japan with Kota Ibushi and the Golden Lovers are reunited and they're eating cake and they're playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game yep. uh, comp that just came out. Yep, which I purchased. God, you and Kenny and Kota. So I'm thinking Kenny isn't struggling too much through life right now. No, and he's he's going to be appearing for AEW Games yeah. At uh, a Tokyo gaming convention. Yeah. Uh, Daniels is out in Japan, wrestling for all Japan. That was already scheduled. He's going to be there too. So <clears throat> I, I think Punk in... The only thing I wish I would have heard by now is that Ace Steel is fired. Because first of all, why was Ace Steel hired to begin with? Yeah. He's friends with... That him. feels like a Punk hire. Yep. Yeah, he's not exactly... I Like, I don't think he had been producing anywhere. 
uh, with anyone. Yeah, and, and and just you know, he drops the f bomb on live TV <laughs> on Wednesday, yeah. and then the whole thing with All Out, and he bites Kenny Omega and injures one of the EVPs, and and well, yeah, yeah. It, it's How a thing where there? I mean, no one's innocent in the whole story. Like that's no. people draw it, sides, but. Ace Steel's job is literally to try to defuse things like that. That's part of being a backstage right. agent. And he just poured gas on the fl- on the flames, you know? So mm-hmm. if nothing else, him not being fired, I guess, means they're trying to resolve things with Punk. Because if they fire him, Punk's gone. Right. I would think, you know? Well, now they've bought time because Punk's going to be out for several months. Yeah. Uh, at least eight. Which is like the totally buried story of this is the guy's had two matches in four months and has injured himself pretty severely both times. Like, yeah. I mean, at, at some point you just have to talk about diminishing returns, which is unfortunate because, listen, as an on-screen character, CM Punk is still really good, I think. Mm-hmm. I think he cuts great promos. I think, I think his matches do deliver, like, maybe not top tier quality that AEW like you come to expect like the, that trios matches stuff in terms of just bang for your buck but in terms of storytelling like I thought Mox and Punk was very very good um, so I mean it's a shame because on screen the guy can still deliver uh, in the ring maybe it has to be a much much more limited pace but I don't know I don't know that wrestlers can do that um but uh, since Andrew's not here, um, the specter of Andrew Reich hangs over us uh, tonight. <laughs> just texted me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're talking. Well, he texted me. He said, "So what's going on?" So a little peek backstage in, in our curtain is uh, Reich uh, works in the medical field, and uh, every once in a while he gets stuck with these uh, overnight, like nighttime shifts, and we just couldn't make taping work with he and I. And um, he still sent a lot of notes, and there's actually some fun stuff that I thought we could go over tonight because. I don't really want to talk about this this whole brouhaha anymore. I don't have anything to add. Like you said, I want to know what the end game is, and I don't think we're going to know for a while. Uh, but let's go back to CM Punk's promo um, where he came back and he really went in on John Moxley. I thought this was pretty good, almost heelish work where he said Moxley's the third best in his group. You know, it's something he's used to and all that stuff. Um and he said something, uh, the best Eddie that he's ever shared a locker room. So, Steve, let's play a quick game. Uh, the first name rankings. The best Chris in all of wrestling, currently and all time. Who would you say is the best Chris to ever wrestle? Good God. I, I uh, The best Chris to ever wrestle. We have to be careful here. Yeah. Um, yeah. It has to be Speaking Chris of someone Jericho. who's still good on screen, but backstage, not so much. Yes. Uh, it has to be Chris Jericho and I think so too past I'm gonna go with Chris Champion okay yeah no, uh, a couple notables. there's a Chris Champion right yeah, yeah there's there was a couple notables I thought of was obviously that Chris uh, Benoit uh, gentleman Chris Adams uh, and Chris Canyon I thought was a pretty good yeah, one you good. know uh, but I, I do see, think you're Chris... being serious I wasn't being serious <laughs> well listen I mean it's serious as who's the Chris best Chris Chin? can be Oh, Christian. Chris yes. Chin. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. If we open that up to like Christopher. Christopher Daniels is on Christopher there. Daniel, the, the Christopher Street Connection. Yeah. What about the Christopher? Who was the Chris from Tough Enough that got the brain damage and like. Chris, Chris Nowinski. Chris Nowinski. Yep. Done the, done the most with his life yeah. out of all those. Chris Statlander is another Chris, current uh-huh. one. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's worth a K, but, you know, we'll, we'll allow it. Um, how about the best John? I, I think that might be. 
Man, I think that one's a pretty easy one too. It's John Cena, probably, huh? Yeah, it's John Cena. Yeah. Okay. John John Daly. John Daly. <laughs> he would have probably been a good golfer. John or Morrison. Good golfer, good wrestler. John Morrison. Okay. How about, here, here's a question for you. Steve. John Cena Senior. Rank your favorite John Morrisons. There's John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Elite. <laughs> What's I the best Johnny? Johnny uh, Johnny Mundo. Yeah. Was pretty fun way to take that that character uh fitting in with the other kind of crazy lucha underground uh characters and he was just like normal parkour dude he fit in as a good baby face at the beginning and he's not really a baby face character no and not at all he, yeah he did pretty good at impact too after he came out of that yeah he was their world champ for a little bit so i i thought he had a pretty good run um i also know him as one other entity uh john uh I think it's just, it's just John because he was on uh, a season of Survivor. Survivor, oh, David right. versus Goliath. In, Johnny Survivor. Yeah, Johnny Survivor. <laughs> Johnny Probst. <laughs> but he did pretty good on Survivor. Like you'd think he'd just be a big meathead, but he actually showed some like some pretty good strategy. And of course, they got got him out. But mm-hmm. um, Steve, one more question, and then we'll kind of get into a little bit more AEW talk. Last week, Andrew and I we were talking about um, the worst offspring in wrestling uh i settled on brian pillman jr is there a worse one i mean i don't i hear bad things about dominic mysterio i have to be honest i haven't seen enough dominic to know i saw his turn i did see that i thought it looked i thought it looked okay it was okay but you could tell it was coming because he was just like okay like Hey, yeah. Dad, now now's the time. Yeah. Dad, like, do I do I hit him? Do, do I hit him now, Dad? Come, Blink twice, Dad. Dad. Yeah. Uh, but he had a nice uh, little clothesline. Was, There's a nice clothesline. Yeah, that he Brian gave, uh, Pullman Jr. is a is a good one. Yeah, it's uh, really bad. <laughs> before Forbidden Door, uh, the show of Warrior Wrestling went long, mm-hmm. and it was the main event against their champion Casey Navarro, and everyone just started walking out as the main event started. <laughs> Frank the Clown and Denise. Oh, the the Fightful Lady. Yeah, um, did a thing in the middle of the show, kind of an intermission that seemed to go way too long. Um, So I blamed them. But yeah, yeah, they're coming to the ring and everyone just walks out. (laughs) Uh, You know what, though? That's actually a perfect segue into one topic I wanted to talk about a little bit tonight. And it's a topic that me and Andrew have talked about in the past. We bring it up, and then we talk about it again. And it's just a recurring thing, so it's maybe a recurring topic. And it's the rampage problem that AEW kind of has right now, speaking of crowds walking out. Um, it seems like a lot of times you hear, and I even see pictures on Twitter, um, of crowds come for Dynamite, and the second Dynamite ends, they're out the door. Like, they lose, you know, on the big shows, they lose thousands of people walking out and don't even stay for Rampage. Rampage is such a forgettable show. Like I watched this week's Rampage yesterday and mm-hmm. I had to look up the results again because I'd just forgotten what I watched. Um, and what I did watch was uh, part of this world title tournament. There was a match for that. There's Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. And I totally forgot that that was on there. Steve, do you have any thoughts on what they could do to make Rampage matter? I have some thoughts, but I figured I'd open it up to you if there's anything you want to toss out there. 
putting on a better night and time would be yeah that, that's, one that helps <laughs> why why are the ratings so bad because they're on friday night at 10 p.m eastern right you think of, like ever think of that right <laughs> um, yeah i mean Nick, honestly for that time slot those are probably pretty good ratings because who's even watching anything at that point yeah i mean nobody yeah. uh in the east coast old people are sleeping mm-hmm. uh in central time zone, old people are watching the news. Yep. And West Coast, <laughs> it's Friday night at seven o'clock. They're they're not going to be people watching eat dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my I thing, do li- yeah, the live. I'm intrigued by that because October is going to be a few straight live shows in a row. Yep. Uh, up until Full Gear, I believe. I'll be intrigued to see if that pops a little bit of a rating. If they get a little harder, a little bit higher. Yep. But I don't know if there is much they can do for it. I think putting better matches on and then having consistency to those better matches yes. will help. Because uh, I do think, like, the show with, like, I mean, Allen and Guevara was not one of their best matches. But it was fine. It was a little more paint by numbers, and it yeah. was fine. Claudio and Dax was really fun. Oh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. You know, that was never in doubt who, sure. who would win. But uh, yeah, the the first I believe was the it was one of the first rampages where they had uh, Lucha Brothers and gosh I can't think of it. I was just talking about this the other day I think with you too the one where Giannis was oh Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus yep, yep. and Giannis was in the crowd I was like, that was like the match of the show and people were going absolutely crazy for it right so yeah maybe if you put a match like that on there. And put it maybe in the middle of the show, because uh, I get you don't want to wait until the very end to do your main event. Because at that point, it's eleven Eastern, and right? Really not gonna have it, but you know you don't have to lead with it. Lead with something, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, having been to to Dynamite Live where they taped Rampage, it's not even eleven because there's like, I mean, granted, I was at Blood and Guts, so it took like maybe because they had to take the cage down, but it was like twenty five minutes after Dynamite before they started Rampage. So the we're ones I've been like at, they've eleven yeah, thirty. They've, <laughs> they've gone pretty. They've gone pretty fast at the ones I've been at. Where okay. they just uh, maybe Tony Khan comes out and tries to hype the crowd up and sure. go right, and, and they get right to it. So I, I think the, the problem that they really face is the stigma. Like when you get labeled by fans as a show that you don't need to watch, mm-hmm. it takes a while to undo that. Like a while, and they're going to have to be watchable for a minute and be patient with the fact that they have made a good show and that's still people saying, ah, you don't need to watch it. Like it takes time. Uh, I think something, something I, the only reason I wanted to talk about this tonight is I had a thought and is because rampage this week and I looked up dynamite results and I kind of compared. Now I haven't done like all the data to go back in time and look up all the results. I think part of the fact, part of the problem is this most rampages, like you said, are taped after dynamite, which is a problem. I don't know that they are a big enough name to just sell, hey, Rampage is in town. I mean, maybe that's a fear of Tony Khan's. But when they do Dynamites and Rampages together, one thing that Tony Khan never seems to do is book. If you're on Dynamite, you're not on Rampage. Right. It's almost like Moxley's not going to be on. But maybe you do a promo and a match on one or the other. But... It's almost like if you watch Dynamite, you can figure out who's going to be on Rampage. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's almost like maybe it's like a trap he's fallen into that he needs to get out of. Um, 
But like I think you said, I mean, the solution is really just to be patient. I don't think there is a quick fix. Yeah. You know, you have to you have to make stuff matter. You know, maybe have a title change on Rampage. Um, not just to change. They did that big old uh, Kenny Omega Christian match towards the beginning too for yep. the TNA title, yep. and that that was a big deal. Yep. Uh, they did. And you the mentioned Wick, the Bucks. They did a Bucks Lucha Brothers match uh, not that long ago, and that was at a live Rampage. So when they're mm-hmm. live, it seems like they get up. So maybe that's just the solution. Is you know, not not taping after Dy- even if they tape, but not after Dynamite. I don't know. Yeah, you can tape whenever you want. Yeah, uh, you know, you can tape. You can tape uh, at Daly's place, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, you uh, you can tape. Um, you know, as part of. You don't have to tape in order. I, I can't. No. You know, you could do a couple dark elevation matches before the show, and then put on. You know, do like maybe one elevation match or two elevation matches, then do like a banger of a of a dynamite match to get the crowd going that won't have any influence on that or rampage match. I won't have any influence on the dynamite. Right. And before you go on the air, do like another one or two dark matches and then just have a kind of a regular match, basic match after the main event of dynamite and then end on like a, another banger. Like you would like at a house show for WWE or raw WWE. They do that uh, match for the crowd uh, just you're just some random match to you know as the joke goes make Krago happy oh, and they're and they're they're rosters deep enough to do that every week I mean that could oh, yeah. be that could be Orange Cassidy's role in mm-hmm. the company <laughs> you know like um, I will say this so there's a really cool spot in Rampage in the Darby Sammy match where I love Darby's suicide dive where like a cannonball he did oh, that where he goes in, between caught, the first caught, and second yeah. Uh, and then there was the one where Sammy like caught him with the, the cutter. It was so cool. Oh yep, very very cool. Uh, let me go back to Andrew's notes and see if there's anything uh, he had to say that we need to talk to. Um, man, there's a lot of pictures in in his notes this week. Andrew's really put in the work. By the way, man, I could not do this show without Andrew Reich. Like this guy is the backbone of this show. Like I am. I am a lazy person, Steve. <laughs> like, I, I have become one. Yeah, like I like to talk, but I don't like to prep so much. And Andrew loves prepping. Like for anyone listening, and Steve, you have access to this. Like he's, we've got like a, a Google Doc sheet with notes and stuff, and it is so detailed that anytime I get lost in the show, I know I can just bring it up and be like, boom, we're right back on track. Like the the guy does, he's a freaking pro. So Andrew, <laughs> I know you're listening. Uh, you are missed. And uh, we can't wait to have you back in episode 28. Please stop biting Andy Atherton, though. Please. He's not made of chocolate. Um, Here's a topic we can talk about based off the notes, though. Okay. I said I don't want to talk about the elite stuff anymore, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But let's say the worst happens, and these guys leave the company. They're fired. They walk out. Whatever. I don't want to fantasy book all the aftermath, but let's say the elite are not all elite anymore. Who would you say becomes the face of AEW? Because I think right now, like, obviously they, they portray Punk, Moxie's up there, but I really still think that Kenny and the Bucks, in a lot of ways, are the face of AEW. So if they leave, who fills that gap? That's a tough question. <laughs> it's a tough question because I think there's the the face of the company in regards to the fans and maybe the face of the company in regards to 
like the, the media and sure. new audiences because yeah. before that that would have been cody oh yeah absolutely um, maybe for both of those you know he was forward facing with the shack match he right. did the reality show um, yeah the go big show right yeah jericho is there too yeah i because like you think of moxley like moxley's I, been presented great on tv but he's not that tv show guy <laughs> you know like I, I think to the mainstream to the media i think adam cole and Britt baker can be that face mm, okay um choice. like both good looking both very likable people yeah. yeah very personable uh, the story you know i almost think they haven't done enough of brick baker in the greater community getting her out there mm-hmm. like here's a full-time dentist and full-time wrestler right like it's not like you have uh other professional athletes uh kyrie irving is not uh, an optometrist <laughs> as yeah. well as an nba player he's barely an nba player <laughs> yeah. maybe yeah. he's an he doesn't he doesn't chart maps either what's yeah. that a topographer <laughs> not into that but yeah, that's so good... I think that like the face of the wrestling aspect could be. There's a few. Danielson, um, Oxley yeah. I, I, is definitely made himself. I think the face of the company. Yeah. Um, Page could be one. Yep. Yeah, and we're just assuming everyone else stays because I, if we really went down that road, like if the elite leave, other people are probably bound to leave as well, and Adam Page might be one of them. But let's just say for the sake of the discussion, they're the only ones out the door. Um, I, I, Where I are they even going, though? Right, exactly. Well, Kenny's going to Japan but to Kenny eat cake and play video games. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I don't want to do too much of that discussion anymore i i think they'll be back i don't know that punk will i think think they will um but i think my answer to that like you said i don't think there's a clear answer because i think like you said cody would fill both of those roles i think kenny omega can fill both of those roles so he's a little quirky Mm -hmm. um and he might let's be real i think he might come off a little weird or nerdy is that a fair yeah, description that's to why some I said, like kind of uh, yeah, kind of aloof. Like yeah, that's why I like him exactly. He's like it's almost endearing to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then you have like the cornets who like hate it, you know. But whatever oh, they can. Yeah, it, he just hates it to get people to listen to exactly. it. Exactly. It's just once a carny, always a carny. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I think um, you know, I, I think you'd almost have to do like a mishmash of people, like Mox as your face on TV. Uh, Mox has shown he can be their ace. He can be the guy that you book around. Uh, Danielson, too, uh, I don't know that he could do every single week anymore. Or he's just a master class at selling. I don't really know. Like, Brian Danielson's so good that it's like, is he a step slower than he used to be? Or is this just like what his character is now? I don't even know. Um, Jericho obviously has the experience there. But I think Jericho's on the tail end of his career. And I don't know that you want to promote a guy who is so heavily linked to other companies because people see Chris Jericho, they still think mm-hmm. like, I still think WCW sometimes the <laughs> Chris Jericho, but I think Cole and, and Britt is a really good choice that I wouldn't have even thought of. Um, I don't think you could do MJF, believe it or not, because no, I don't because he refuses to like not be quote MJF, 
You know, like he's right. a living gimmick. And you and I have talked about that in text. Like, it's almost like he uses that so he can be a douche to people. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, sometimes you got to cut ribbons and sometimes you got to smile and take pictures. And Wait I, a second. Tony oh. Khan just texted me. Oh, okay. He knew that Andrew wasn't here. So Andrew um, forwarded my contact. We have breaking news. I love breaking news. Oh, me too. And you don't even know what this is. Oh. Uh, uh, a new WWE, ex-WWE guy, although I'd say ex-Mexico person, uh, debuted on Dark Elevation. So not a spoiler for Dynamite. Okay. Um, Grand Metalik, Mascara Dorada. Uh, and it's, actually, uh, that's, a, that's fine. I like him, man. Yeah. Um, uh, what about Lindsay? Amazing, where's uh, Lindsay amazing. Dorada at? He's doing a lot of indies. Okay. Um, I saw him, not this current Chicago trip, but a previous Chicago trip. He was, was he, was he one of the two? No, that was, um, that was, I know what you're talking about. They fought <laughs> FTR months ago, right? Yeah. Samurai del Sol. Yeah. yeah. That was Kalisto. Oh, and okay. that match was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was him and Aerostar. Which mm-hmm. second Lucha Underground reference of the night? <laughs> Third Lucha Underground reference. I saw Drago at one of the. Oh, uh, he was at the GCW the ladder match and another one too. Drago is tiny. Really? Okay. <laughs> like Rey Mysterio size. Wow. Huh. I'm trying to think. What was the the name of the main, like the the guy the the main guy in Lucha Underground like. You know, he would come out and give the interviews and stuff. Oh, gosh, what was his name? It was like his underground. Oh. Um, That's not Hector. (laughs) Oh, gosh. COVID brain's getting us both. And then he's in MLW now, too, on a slightly different variation. I think you just bring him in with Penta and see if uh, he stands next to Penta's manager and see if you can tell the difference between the two of them. Because they mm-hmm. look very similar to me. But anyways, that is a weird way to wrap up that question. <laughs> Dario Cueto. Dario Cueto. I was thinking, uh, I, I, I was totally off. I was totally. Ring the bell. So I guess what we're really trying to say is Vampiro would step in as the face of AEW. Should mm-hmm. the elite leave, it would have to be called AVW, All Vampiro Wrestling. <laughs> I don't think I can get on board with that. But anyways, uh, Steve, the next big thing for AW is Grand Slam. Uh, I guess we'll call it Grand Slam 2. Um, last year was a huge success, although I read about lots of reports. People who were actually at the show hated it, not because of AW, but the parking and the the uh, concessions were just an absolute disaster. Hmm. Um, what we know so far about Grand Slam is that uh, we're going to see the finals of this tournament, which I'm going to call my shot. It's probably going to be moxley and i think danielson uh i will call reese a shot for him he thinks it's going to be la champion uh winning the whole thing and jericho is going to win i think i'm going to go with brian danielson winning this time um what what about you who do you think is going to win at grand slam and become the new champion moxley seems too obvious right yeah i almost feel like they don't want to give it right back to him again like it's not his fault but it hurts him in a way you know like, and MJF is right there. Right, because I, I think that's Grand really Slam. what we're saying is who's going to be the guy that loses to MJF is, I think, the question we're asking, which is why I don't think it's Moxley. <sighs> I don't think any of them is a good idea. Yeah. I guess feed Jericho to him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I For me, it all depends on 
do they want to keep MJF as this massive heel? And I think they do. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think they got to do Danielson. Unless they want to turn Jericho face, which I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't know. Because then you could do the the Blackpool. Well, either way, you could do the Blackpool Combat Club or Finals. JAS versus yep. MJF's uh, bunch of geeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about them in a couple minutes. It's a bizarre little group. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really all we know about Grand Slam. Uh, we have a tag team title rematch as well, uh, acclaimed against uh, Swerve in Our Glory. I think they got to pull the trigger on the acclaimed here. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Like, why? Why even have this? Yeah, this match otherwise. Yeah, and then at that point, do we have Swerve and Keith Lee split up? Because there's been hints really since they've been tag champs. There's they've been like a tense tag team, not like Vince Russo wacky tag team that hates each other, but it's been like the attention the entire time, mm-hmm. which I can appreciate. You know, mistakes where they accidentally hit each other. Even at the at, at All Out, like you said, Keith Lee was kind of healing it up, but at the end, he tried to give him the scissors, whereas Swerve wasn't having it. So right. it was like Swerve, Swerve knew, stayed heelish. It was, it was Swerve knew what to do. Right. I, I think Yeah. <laughs> Swerve, Swerve knew where the crowd was going, and I think he just understands a little bit more how to work both sides of things. I think things. he's a great I, heel. Yeah. I... Am more on board with the two of them just going their own separate ways. Yeah, and not it, split and it, feud. Yeah, I, yeah, that just gets so old sometimes. Yeah, it happens with every tag team. Like, right? It, it's in a way it's so unrealistic because, like, in in your own life, obviously we all have friends and relationships that drift, but like they don't all turn into blood rivalries. You know right. I mean? Like every person I've ever been friends with doesn't wind up being like my mortal enemy. Sometimes you just. Start living separate lives, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's not a whole lot to say about Grand Slam because that's all we really know is the tournament finals and the tag titles. Speaking of Rampage, though, I think maybe you do the acclaimed to cap off Rampage there, you know, because that's a big thing. Have the tag title switch on Rampage uh, to make Rampage matter a little bit more, you know. Um, that's just me. Uh, the MJF match on. <laughs> On Rampage. Yeah, is MJF fighting for the title? Like, is how's that work? Like, yeah, I, don't I don't think know. they've announced really. Like, I don't, I don't even know. Made it seem, seem like usually it's a match. Yeah, it's not like a Money in the Bank cash. That's in. what I was gonna say. I don't think it's a cash in. Um, but then MJF made it seem like it can <laughs> be. Like, I can ask for a match anytime I want. Yeah, it's it's a little muddy, uh, and that's almost. That's another discussion we could delve into a little bit. I never thought I'd say this, Steve, because I've been a huge critic of WWE's promos for years because they're so heavily scripted. (laughs) Would AEW benefit from some scripting in their promos? Because, like, I think that that was MJF just kind of talking, and so he Mm -hmm. said things that put it up. Heck, let's be real. Maybe if it was scripted, Hangman Page wouldn't have taken a shot at CM Punk all those months ago, and none of this situation would be happening right now. Yeah. Like, how scripted should they be? Like, is bullet points the way to go? Because I still believe in creative freedom. I think that's the, the key, but I don't know. I think bullet points is the way to go because you can, hey, make sure you cover these four things. Yeah. We want you to get these specific points across. You know, and then go for it. Yeah, and you also know, and don't mention like, Colt Cabana, please. Don't mention Colt Cabana. <laughs> um, I, I think that's the the way to do it. To be honest, um, 
especially like yeah you what like oh punk and mjf like guys like that they can do it themselves but then they open their mouths like and mjf right. is notorious for it oh yeah yeah like well, you know, I, just can't control himself. That's what I was talking to somebody on. Um, I think on TikTok. I'm 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 big in wrestle talk, Steve. I'm I'm in the comments all over the place there. Wow. Um, but uh, some guy was basically saying like, "This is why Vince was right about scripted promos." And I'm like, "No." I, I think Adam Page might have said what he said, whether he had a script or not. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like. I still think what Page said wasn't that big of a deal. No, it and wasn't. I think what Punk said afterwards wasn't that big of a deal. The funny thing is. And if it hadn't come out online, what Adam Page was referring to, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have even known what, right. what it meant. It had to be explained to us. I thought it was just laying the, the groundwork for Punk turning heel when he became champion. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it was. But anyways, uh, by the way, on Dynamite right now, we've got Stokely Hathaway in ring with uh, Ethan Page, W. Morrissey. Worst wrestling name in a long time? Uh, better than Big Cass. Yeah. Is it? You think? Yeah. All right, Steve, <laughs> we did best Chris, best John. Best wrestler whose first name is just a letter. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go with big. Oh, I was thinking A-Train, maybe? <laughs> B. Brian Blair? Oh, that's a good one. I, okay, if we say it doesn't have to be their first name, just that one of their names is just a letter. Big E can get put into this. Big E, stuff. yeah. Would, well, Big E would fit the big and the E. Oh, that's true. Big meaty man slapping meat, you know. Yeah, Biggie answers that. Yeah, Biggie. Yeah, I think Biggie. Uh, Biggie, by the way, top 10 in the PWI 500, which was released, uh, I believe, today. Have you taken a look at that? I, I took a quick look. Um, I'm taping main event tomorrow evening, and one of my favorite episodes is if we go over the PWI. I don't think all 100 are out now. I did see the top 10, and I think number 25 was AJ Gray, Oh, who's okay. one of the independent champions. Um, but I love just seeing Scott Criscolo just lose his marbles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, th- I think he'll be okay with the first couple. Roman Reigns is number one. Okada's yeah, number I, two. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Punk is third, uh, which is a choice. You know, he's had like seven matches and he injured himself in one of them. Two of I them. Have to, you know. Yeah. I, I have to find out, um, when the dates are, cause right. there's a year period and right. it's not January to January. Right. I mean, Punk's only been here, September's only been here a year at this point, so. Right. Um, I've got the list in front of me, so I'll, I'll just round out. Uh, four is Hangman Page, so uh, number three and number four, mm-hmm. really going at it recently. Uh, Bobby Lashley, five, I have no problem there. Uh, Cody Rhodes, six, that's peculiar, has to be because it was WWE Switch, because his last few days in AEW was like, get this guy out of here. I was happy to see him go. <laughs> yeah, he had the Guevara, his last match was yep. pretty good. Yep. Um, but he had that flaming table match with uh, Andrade. Andrade. Yeah. Uh, seven is Brian Danielson. Eight, Vikingo. Do you know? Oh, Elio de Vikingo. He's a. Um, I think he's triple A. He's super high flyer, like a, a, a Ray Phoenix. Yeah, I've heard very, very good things of him. Yeah, I, I just haven't seen much of him. I, I've been watching 2005 Dragon Gate Ooh. and the 1993 yearbook from. <laughs> Brad Woodling's copy from Good Old Will. All right, Good Old Will in Texas, man. Yeah, shout out to Will. I know you're probably not listening, but uh, yeah, I tried to find him and reconnect with him about something. I can't remember what, but his Facebook's long gone. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, 
he I don't think he unfriended me. I think he just deleted it. That's um, probably. So he's on Instagram. He just posted a while ago. Oh, I'll have to find him on there. Yeah, I'll. I'll... Good old Will. Yep. Uh, number nine on the list, as we just mentioned, Biggie, um, mm-hmm. which I think that's a fine choice. Um, feels like it's been a while since he got injured. I don't really follow stuff like that. I'm sure he's going to I don't know back. if he's ever going to wrestle again. Really? Is I, it that I just bad? don't. I think it's bad, that bad. That sucks. That really sucks. And, you know, that's the thing, too. Like, it sucks for Biggie, and it also sucks for, is it Mad Cat Moss that did it to him? Yeah. Because, like, people are going to crap on that guy, and it's just, like, I saw it. It was not... A dangerous spot so to speak it was just a thing that probably is done 20 30 times a year mm-hmm. and people are gonna crap all over that guy uh speaking of people getting crapping all over somebody number 10 was jonathan gresham so he jumped up 10 spots um uh breaking news steve hang on breaking news i just received a text uh-oh. My son Isaac uh, was in the room over overhearing some of it, and he texted me that MJF should have been number one. So uh, the PWI Pro Wrestling Isaac has <laughs> MJF at number one. So we've got a <laughs> competition <laughs> is looming for Pro Wrestling Illustrated versus Pro Wrestling Isaac. Uh, my son Isaac, huge MJF fan. So, uh, But yeah, Jonathan Gresham goes from 20 to 10. It was kind of like a... A mocking point of him is that he pointed out his PWI ranking to Tony Khan. So he's just got more fuel to demand a push, really, when he comes back. If he comes back, mm. he will come back. But <laughs> that's the top ten. Uh, what would you say is the most notable omission there? Um, I think the obvious one is uh, Moxley. Yep. Uh, and and Seth be... Rollins, too, probably. Really? Ooh, Seth, yeah, like, Seth I'm not Rollins, a huge uh... Seth Rollins guy, but into the world of kayfabe, Moxley and Seth Rollins probably the two biggest ones, huh? Yeah, I'm maybe Jay White for new. No, Osprey. Oh yeah, duh. Yeah, uh, Will Osprey is. I mean, again, it depends on the where the quote unquote year is, but sure. God, he's been killing it this year. Yeah, and I mean PWI, I think still factors in like win loss record too. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess maybe like if it covers like the Cody Rhodes WWE thing, like those are all losses for Seth Rollins, so that might be his omission. I don't really know. Or care that much. I used to love the PWI. Like, I used to love getting the whole issue and going through it. Like, I have a, a friend, uh, shout out Nate Matson, um, who's appeared many times in the PWI 500, sometimes as high as like in the low 200s, like 220 wow. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, just very cool to see some of that recognition. Fun fact trivia, Steve. Do you remember the very first. PWI 500, number 500 entry. I remember this. Hmm. I will no, give you I a hint. He actually got a job with the WWF based off of this. Not not so much based off of this, but Owen being Hart. number 500 gave him some, some, uh, some buzz, and the WWF brought him in in a very similar gimmick oh, to what he was okay. working on in the Indies. The boogeyman. <laughs> not quite. It was the garbage man, also known Dude. as Duke the Dumpster Grossi. Wow. Amazing. That's like my one wrestling tidbit that I'm like, I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> uh, and in fact, I probably have it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty certain the first ever PWI 500, he was number 500. So, <laughs> so if you're listening, number 500, Triple H might be calling. Who knows? Um, that's, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, Steve, something we love to do on this show. Games, baby. 
We do love games. We do love rampant speculation. So mm-hmm. why don't we do a little bit of both? What would you like to do first? Games or some rampant speculation? Uh, let's do rapid speculation. All right, let's do some rampant speculation. Uh, so first things first, uh, we've got some people on the way out of AEW. Bobby Fish uh, recently it was announced that his contract just uh, expired. They didn't release him. His just contract is up, and he immediately threw shade at CM Punk after he was gone. Get lost. Uh, and this was before all the all-out stuff. But yeah, get, get, not not even because you're yeah, just just go away. Right. I mean, listen, you're 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 very old. Um, <laughs> Uh, but along with him, uh, Malachi Black uh, appears to have been released. Um, so you were there uh, live, and reports yeah. were that he kind of waved goodbye to the crowd and took a bow. Yeah, there were a couple murmurs before the show that yep. he was on his way out. He, um, as the House of Black were going back, he, uh, they're by the entrance, everything had kind of faded to the back and black, and uh, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> and whatever pre-tape piece uh, that they went to. Uh, he waved to the crowd. He blew the crowd a kiss and then uh, bowed to them all yeah. with Brody and Buddy on either side of him. And it feels like he might just be going away for a while from wrestling. Yep. Yep. Because uh, he pulled off out. an indie show. And so I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's going to WWE. But it said that the really, this is well before his contract ended. So I, I, you know, it's not like Tony Khan's like, yeah, sure, go to go to WWE. You know, that's going to look good for us. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, you want to uh, go back? Sure. See ya. It, so it, it sounds like he's just going to be taking some time away yeah. from wrestling. It'd be cool if he went to, like, New Japan or something like that for a few months. But, hey, if he needs some time off, get well, some time off. And I had read some reports, and this is where I won't rampantly speculate, but I had read reports like there was a mental health thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case, then I hope he takes all the time that he needs because, you know, you you got to take care of yourself. Um, Absolutely. You know, and I've heard the reports of maybe like a chronic back issue as well. Um, mm-hmm. I got to say, if the guy's got chronic back problems, it doesn't show when he's in the ring. Like, the dude is really good. Um, the, the flexibility that he has. Yeah. Yeah, he really is good. And it's almost, I, I don't want to say his run was a waste, but I feel like it could have been bigger. Um, I feel like the House of Black could have been a really big deal, whereas they were just a fun deal. Uh, My hot take is that it was his arrival that was the beginning of the end of Cody in AEW. Mm, Because the fans dug him so much? The crowd loved him and started booing Cody. And, you know, just like, you know, we'll see with MJF. MJF is going to get cheered around the horn one time. Right. And then it'll go back to booze. It's like, you know, the huge return pop. Yep. Yep. Um, once people started booing Cody after a few weeks of Aleister Black, as they went to different locations, then they continued to boo him. Yep. Yep. It sure did. Uh, it's funny. I saw a thing that said, uh, Cody was right. And it like linked to that bizarre promo. I don't know if you remember, but he cuts, he was supposed to be wrestling Sammy Guevara and he cuts a six minute promo about CM Punk's pipe bomb and how he did what CM Punk said he said he would do and he never mentioned Sammy Guevara at all is mm. yeah, okay yep. it was a weird promo and uh someone said Cody was right and I'm like Cody didn't make sense like, <laughs> there's no need to go rewatch that promo it just didn't it was such a bizarre self-indulgent promo and that mm-hmm. was when I was really like Cody can go now like I yeah I, I don't miss him as an AEW fan um no 
So, uh, but yeah, let's rampantly speculate. So Bobby Fish is gone. Malachi Black is gone. Um, there's even some rumors about Thunder Rosa possibly wanting out, but she went on Twitter and said, no, that's not true. Steve, I don't who, buy that. Who, who wants out? Let's, let's rampantly speculate. Who wants out oh. of AEW? Who wants out of AEW? Um, I think some really, I got a real juicy one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Tony Khan. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> Football season started. The Jaguars look good. <laughs> He's out. Who just hasn't been on the show much lately? Um, how about the wingmen? Everyone oh. but, but Peter Avalon. Yeah. Hey, we're going to bring up the wingmen in one of our games, Steve. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So... Yeah, there's not a whole lot. Like we we did a lot of rampant speculating last week with the Punk Bucks thing. We could rampantly speculate there, but I feel like the entire internet has done that at this point. Oh, I got, I've got a, I've got a thing we could speculate about. How many people do you think think A Steel has bitten in his life? Maybe it's part of his when he was a trainer. Yeah. Maybe he bit both Punk and Cabana. Maybe that could be what brings them back together. Right. They share bite my <gasps> I mean Scott Colton. Steve. Yes. What if this isn't really like people want to blame Tony Khan, they want to blame Hangman Page. What if this is Netflix's fault? Do you think Ace Steel watched Morbius that night? It was like real <laughs> vampire y and <laughs> do, you, do you think this is Jared Leto's fault? Uh, most things are Jared Leto's uh, fault. Yeah, from my so-called life to uh, just everything, pretty yeah. much. I mean, if we rank worst Jareds, is he at the top of the list? Well, no, he can't be. Jared from Subway. Yeah, yeah he's, he's number one. Yeah, that's a uh, <laughs> Jared from Subway, Cody Line, Jared Leto. And I don't think I know any other Jareds after that. So that's Jared, the jeweler. Oh, that's Jared. Yeah, I said that's yeah. Every kiss begins with K is probably where I would go. So, mm. uh, okay. So yeah. Um, what other things can we speculate about? Um, do we think Reesh is really at work right now? Hmm. Do we think? Yes, I think Reesh is really at work right now. The question is, what is Reesh's work? Oh. That's a good good question. He claims he works in the medical field. I think he might be Andrew Reich. Point with me. D M D. Mm. That's what I think. I Which is why he's say, such a fan of Britt Baker. Yeah, Andrew Reich, cannabis hunter. <laughs> I don't know why that popped into mind, but yeah. here we are. I mean, it makes sense. You know, uh, Andrew, you've got some explaining to do. He'll listen when the episode drops. He'll text me with the truth. The truth. Oh, I got another text from Tony Khan. Oh, no. Breaking news. Yep. Jungle Boy is now being referred to as Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Oh. Even in, even in graphics. Oh, even in graphics. Wow. Okay, so there's a question I could ask you. If Ian Ziering had a kid in wrestling, what would his ring name be? The zipper in <laughs> zipper boy or the zipper <laughs> zipper. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I am yep. and I don't think he has any kids. I, I say, I don't think I have literally no knowledge of if he has children or not. Like he could have 30 and uh, I wouldn't know the Z man. <gasps> oh, Z man. 
And he could team up with Brian Pillman Jr. The Z-Man Jr. Yeah. Ian Zeering's kid, kid, Z-Man, could team up with Brian Pillman Jr. Because they were a tag team, right? Tom Zank and Brian Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were they called like the High Flyers or something? I just think they were like those random thrown together teams. Like, wasn't uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell thrown with someone at the beginning too? Yeah, he won tag belts with like five people he was throwing together. Yeah, he was with Scorpio. (laughs) He was with... Uh well I mean Scotty Riggs uh I think the was the Patriot yeah, WCW Scorpio he was with yeah yeah um fun little Z-Man story it's not really a Z-Man story but his name of course was Tom Zank when I was growing up my cousin Jennifer I think it was my cousin Jennifer she dated a guy named Tom Zank and wow. like they called him Tom Zank they didn't just call him Tom they're like hey where's Tom Zank and like for a while I was like is it really Tom Zank like the WCW <laughs> guy but I didn't want to ask and then I met him and it was not the z-man so hmm. i was really disappointed well they call him the z-man yeah. <laughs> tom zink tom zank tom zank might be the most obscure name we've mentioned in 27 episodes of this show excellent so, yeah i wonder if he's still alive he I ended up being Champion really bitter. earlier on in this episode he, he ended up being really bitter right, right? Yes, yes, yeah. he did. Yeah, that was like early internet days. He was one of those first guys. But anyways, uh, rampant speculating. Tom Zank is the mole that's been reporting all this news to Fightful. I think we can wrap it up there. <laughs> rampant spe- Yeah, one more rapid speculation. Sure. The uh, Ian Zerning, the Z-Man Jr., Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, team will be managed by Johnny Ace. Oh, okay. Yep. And do you think their finisher will be called the Peach Pit? <laughs> <laughs> That would be great. The Peach Pity City. The Peach Pity City. That's where I was going to go, too. Yeah. All right, Uh, Should we go into some questions? Well, I've got a game we could play. Oh, sure. Let's do a game, too. So there's a game that I play with Reach once. Uh, It's sort of like, uh, I don't like to draw the F-bomb, but, you know, F, Mary Kill, you know? You know that game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember this episode. Yeah. So uh, it's called Push Book Release, and I came up with a few different uh, things for you. Yeah, I've got singles wrestlers. I didn't come up with any women options, but I've got one, two, three, four four for you okay so steve push book release you've been handed the book tony khan wants out as heard here first i broke that news tony khan sells the company to you for a a, for a song you're Mm -hmm. in charge of the booking you get to push one of these guys you get to book them they're still on tv and one guy's gotta go singles wrestlers orange cassidy ricky starks ethan page what do you do steve it's tough push push book and release yeah I Orange Cassidy is one of my favorite dudes. Yep. Um, but I'm going to push Ricky Starks because okay. that is that is just where he's at right now. He's on the up and up. I agree. Uh, he's got that great look, and he's starting to come to his own. I'm going to book Orange Cassidy because he can be anywhere on the card. Yep. He can lose. Yep. He can lose. He can, I mean, it all out. He just came out to look at Pac for a while. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm going to unfortunately get rid of Ethan Page because he just is lost. Yeah. And uh, I was hoping when Scorpio got injured that he would have a little bit of a singles run. But now it feels like he's going to be the, the fourth like biggest person in Stokely. Fifth, you know, I yeah. think the ass boys are going to be out of him. So what's weird is, you know, we're taping live, and I'm kind of picking up Dynamite on my screen, but I can't hear it. MJF was cutting a promo in-ring by himself, and I switched off my phone. I went back, and Stokely's group was in the ring, but MJF didn't appear to be there. 
So yeah, like is it just a is it like a marriage of convenience type deal or or yeah or was it just like a one yeah a one time thing and then right just to bring MJF in yeah because last episode we went person by person to see if it was an upgrade or a downgrade from the pinnacle and it was a little mm-hmm. bit of a push you know like Wardlow's better than W Morrissey which does the W stand for Wardlow uh, that's, why, that's why he can't give use his name. <laughs> Oh, it it looks like they are together. Okay. I just accidentally saw something. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense then. Because mm-hmm. um, MJF always, he, he can never run by himself. Right. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. I, I think if he's going to be like the douchebag heel, he should have a group that can, you know, fight his battles for him. Yeah. Even in like MLW and yeah. such. and. But yeah, like I'm with you though. I really, really like Ethan Page, uh, and even having seen him like in Evolve, like even just like his physique, like he's really put in yeah. the work to get better, and like he's just never been given that time in AEW to really spotlight it. So I'd almost release him because I think it'd be better for his career, mm-hmm. you know, if he could go back to the Indies. But yeah, I think I'm with you. Push Ricky, book Orange, release Ethan Page, and that that hurts me because I love Ethan Page. But business-wise, I think it's it's right. Uh, let's go with some tag teams. And one is not an official tag team. But with Malachi Black leaving, let's assume that Brody King and Buddy Matthews stay together. Uh, so Brody and Buddy, the best friends, Chuck and uh, Trent, and 2.0. Push book release, Steve. Okay. <laughs> This one's a little okay. tough for me. I'm not. I think I know where I go, but I'm not sure. I'm gonna do an end around here because I'm gonna be a little sneaky. I'm just gonna book best friends. Okay. Um, I think Chuck Taylor. Well, Chuck Taylor once made fun of me. I'll tell you that about being another time. <laughs> yeah, I may like her my feelings. Oh. Um, I'm going to let go. The House of Black. Okay. But then when Buddy Matthews isn't looking, I'm going to sign Brody King to a big deal and just Perfect. give him Monster Seals. Perfect. Push. Okay. And then I'm going to push 2.0 because I think they've been really funny. Yes. And uh, they've always been good on the mic. And they've never, ever, ever, ever had a chance to prove themselves. Right. Like, I can't think as I wrote these down. I can't think of the last time I saw them in a standard tag team match. Uh, Chikara? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. Like, even in AEW, I don't think they've ever just been... I'm sure they've had a match with just them, but it was Garcia, right, when they started. Like, and they were doing yeah, trios. they were and, with... Yeah, they've uh, always been henchmen, you know? But they're so good at it, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, that's a really good choice. Uh, I, I think I'm with you there. Let's talk about Buddy Matthews for a second, then. So you, you'd, you'd be okay with releasing him. I have some interesting thoughts on him. I think he does everything just right, and he like he has an imposing look and stuff. But like he's, is he just like a wrestler who's like I'm a wrestler, and there's like just nothing else to him? Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, there's never been. Well, because he was with in NXT was when people we really first started yeah, seeing Blake him. and Murphy, right? Right, and like with Alexa, and then yep. Alexa left, and it was still the two of them. Yep. Then wasn't Blake with that like right wing gunner dude for a while? There's like yeah. Three, uh, 
And, and then Buddy Matthews went up to the main roster but did nothing. But then he had like a little bit of a run on 205 Live, but no one watches 205 Live. Right. So. And I think he was like a Seth Rollins goon for a minute. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's just like... <sighs> There's some guys where it's like, man, people are missing out. Like Ethan Page. I feel like AEW missed right. the boat on him. I don't really feel like AEW missed the boat on Buddy Matthews. Buddy Matthews could be like on NJPW strong. Yes. Too much. Like for some reason, they're booking like the factory on there lately, and hey. like put Buddy Matthews on there and have some have some matches. Yeah, I also don't think he fit in the House of Black when you got no. these two like dudes that are tatted up from head. Yeah, to he throw. has no tattoos that I oh, notice. You can just like paint his face, and he's basically um, Stu Grayson too, right? Yeah, like Dark or- a hot take. Dark Order might have been a better fit for him. Yeah, like because he could do that jump in like Johnny Hungy, jump in and hit moves like really crisp and fast. He could do that really well, mm-hmm. but but a lot of guys in AEW can do that. So it's like almost like you know, if you miss him, oh, oh well. So. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Uh, but you mentioned the Nightmare Family, and you also mentioned the Wingmen. So, Steve, your mm. next choice is uh, you've been handed the book Jobber Stables, Push oh, okay. Book Release, The Wingmen, mm-hmm. Wingmen, The Trustbusters, and The Nightmare Family. Do you need who's me to pull in up the who's Nightmare in Family any of these anymore? Groups? I honestly don't know who's in the Nightmare. <laughs> I know it's a Camaroto. Uh, QT Marshall. Oh, the factory, you mean? Yeah, the factory. The fi- factory. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and then they have that that new guy who was an NXT and yep. was in the mob group. Yep. And then he got caught for something. And then they fed him to the fishes. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, and do you need, do you need a list of who's in the Trust Busters? It's uh, Parker Bordeaux, yep. Slim J, and Sunny Ari Kiss. Davari. And Sunny Kiss. Oh, yeah, Sunny yep. Kiss is in there. Yep. Let's push the Trust Busters. Okay. Because I think Sunny Kiss has gotten a, a just a bum deal, too, uh, the last couple of years. She's not given a chance. And I, I thought the best chance they had for Sunny Kiss was when they started doing the vignettes with Sunny and Joey Janela. It looked, mm-hmm. They were like these kind of Miami Vice type. Yeah. Do you remember those? It was those fun. I was like, oh, it just seemed interesting, and they just pretty much went nowhere. So let's do that. Let's book. Mm. Hmm. Didn't they do a thing on Dark where Anthony Henry was going to go with uh, J.D. Drake and do the Workhorseman, and he was going to split off from the Wingmen? I think so, but Drake is with the Wingmen officially. Okay. Uh, on, on main TV canon, so him and Peter Avalon – um, oh, who's the third dude? Is is Ryan Nemeth in uh, there? With Cesar Benoni and Ryan. Cesar Benoni. Right. Yep. Yep. Let, let's um book the factory without QT Marshall. <laughs> okay. Um, because you, yeah, I, I think the three of them with like the Cole Carter dude, Nick Camaroto, and sure. you get some youth there. So yeah, Aaron Solo can do. See what fine. you got. Yep. Instead of, you know, if you're trying to develop young talent, putting all the heat on the guy that no one cares about is, let him train. Right. He's a good trainer. Uh, and, but, uh, yeah, let go, let go of the wingmen and then keep J.D. Drake. I was going to say, do we keep Anthony J.D. Drake? Because I really like J.D. Drake, yeah. 
Yeah, put the two of them in Ring of Honor and yeah. do some tag stuff with them. So I looked up, uh, I wanted to make sure we weren't missing anybody. Apparently there's someone in Trustbusters named Jeeves K. Oh, it's um, some Ring of Honor guy named MSK or VSK that I've never yes. seen before. Yep. And he's like their butler or something. Okay. So yeah, that's going to be a jobber comedy. I don't think he's wrestled at all in the no. company. So, But he's, he's, a, he's a part of the group. So I wonder if he even has an AEW contract. So you wouldn't have to release him. I don't think he's contracted. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, interesting. So uh, I lost my list. I have one more for you. Oh, okay. One more. And then we'll, we'll do uh, a, a fun little exercise. We'll get into some questions. And we'll get out of here. Uh, Steve, push book release, former WWE talents. Okay. Miro, FTR, and Pac. Oh my God! This is, um, this is probably the hardest one, I think, because you got to get rid of one of them, and I wouldn't release any of them. But okay, I am going to go in the order you gave to me. I am going to push Miro. Okay. I think he's on the precipice of getting somewhere with this character. Yeah. He's feuding uh, with God, a, apparently. He's feuding with God, and he just wants to satisfy his wife. Yeah. And I would book FTR, and I would talk to Pac and say, listen, you're doing a great thing being this ambassador around Smart. the globe for us. It's time for you to go to New Japan Smart. and you know, be in the G1, and crowds are going to cheer, and they're going to ooh and ah, your finisher, and... Yeah, let's so let's some, let, let's Yeah, let almost almost like we reverse Takeshita there. Like we send him to Japan yeah. to uh, to be seasoned. Okay, cool. Uh so here's one that I thought we could play that's a little fun. So Steve, you and I uh you more so I've I've really lagged. Uh I don't play it as much anymore, but you and I have been longtime players of Pokemon Go. Yeah. Uh Glenn Butler puts us both to shame. Uh absolutely. Glenn has captured Thousands. He's taking very literally. Got to catch them all. He's taking that very, very much to heart. Uh, Steve, before playing Pokemon Go, did you know anything about Pokemon? No, I knew of it. Sure. Um, I remember when Pokemon Stadium came out. Okay. Yeah. Same here. Like, my kids played it, but I didn't know much. From playing the game, I have a pretty good knowledge of a good amount of Pokemon now. So I'm going to give you an AEW wrestler. You assign them who their Pokemon is or who they would be as a Pokemon. How's that sound? Mm -hmm. Let's start with one that I think is maybe not easy, but let's start with Keith Lee. Keith Lee, who used to have Mewtwo on his tights. So Keith Lee, what Pokemon he'd be? Yes. Good God. Um... (laughs) This this could be hard. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring up Pokemon Go and look at my Pokédex. Yes, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to think of maybe be... like Ursa Ring or something. Oh, the big uh, tree? That's uh, the big bear? Yeah, the big bear. Like Bear Tick, maybe? Oh, there's um, Pancham, I think his name is. There's a, Ah, that's a good one. Yes. Whatever the evolved version of the panda is. Yeah, it's like the big brooding fighting panda. But still, but still very huggable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bear Ticks, or Ursa Ring's not very huggable. He looks 
he looks ornery. No, he, and, he and looks Keith like Lee he's in a not. He, he looks kind of like a bear cat. Pangoro <laughs> is the evolved version of Pancham. Pangoro. He's okay. he, he's got a little mean. He actually kind of looks like Keith Lee, actually. To be All honest. Right. <laughs> Perfect. So that's what we're settled on. Pangoro for Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next one, and I I have an answer for this one. I'll let you think about it for a sec before I share mine. Malachi Black, even though he's officially you know out the door. Well, I guess it's not official. Out the door. Malachi Black as a Pokemon. Malachi Black as a Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. I, going through the old, going through the old Pokedex here. Yep. I, I I'm thinking Gen One. Okay. Kofaka uh, just is a little too. I'm going to go through Gen One here and then see. Okay. Try to guess who you're thinking. Okay. There, there's there's a couple actually that I think could work, but one that I think mm. works a little more. Oh, uh, Hitman Lee. I was thinking Hit uh, Chan. <laughs> like, yeah, because Hitman Lee has that uh, the, the kicks, the spinning the, kicks. The kick, yeah. just like the, what's the name of his finisher? That's that's yeah. basically that kick right Fade there. Fade to black, I think, is what it's yeah. called. Uh, the one I had in mind though was Abra, um, because he's always you know sitting down almost in like uh, crisscross applesauce like oh yeah you know um, I, I th- he's got a little mystical uh, eerie type vibe to him I think Abra as Malachi Black could work what do you think that sounds good I or like we it. could do like Alakazam if Malachi Black comes back with spoons for some reason <laughs> <laughs> Malachi Spoon. Uh, here's one that I did not even think about, but I just wrote it down. John Moxley as a Pokemon. Hmm. Who's, who's the most violent, bloodthirsty Pokemon? It's tough. Yeah, someone's got to be Machamp. Obviously, it's you know literally a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. I was think I was thinking maybe like Wardlow for him. Yeah. Well, Brock, I mean, if we go WWE, Brock big Lesnar. steel. Yeah, dude. Moxley's hard. Maybe Grudon, the big red legendary guy. Oh yeah, because he looks angry. He looks like he yeah. Just wants That's to what fight. I'm trying to think of. Is like someone who looks real pissed off. Who just wants to fight? Can you search? By I mean, the Pokedex? for Keith Lee, we mixed Spiritomb, which looks like Spirit Bomb. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. What about Lu- uh, Lucario for Moxley? That's a good one, too. Yeah, Lucario just likes to fight. I don't know. I think we're alienating all of our listeners, but I'm enjoying this quite a bit. <laughs> uh, all right, we want to move on. Girder is... Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is Girder, because Girder's... Oh, yeah, he's literally... Yeah. He's made of two by fours. Yeah. Um, Darby Allen. Is he Cubone or Marowak or... Oh, yeah, he's could be Marowak, because Marowak's got the little... Yeah. He's got the little club. Yeah. Except the little, that could be his, like his skateboard, his little bone. Yeah, yeah. that one worked pretty good. Uh, I've got a couple more. Uh, Stokely Hathaway. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's this is up. really hard. I know. It's fun, though. What, one thought that came to mind for Stokely Hathaway when I picture him with that evil grin is Gengar. Mm-hmm. Like, otherwise, body shape doesn't fit, but like just the evil grin, maybe. Snubble, the peak. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Kind of got like a little sneer on his face. Yeah, that's but, a good one too. And like, if you press on him, he is just talking. Yep. <laughs> uh, probably not Miltank. 
<laughs> which is the cow with his udders hanging right out. Um, yeah, there's a couple of good choices for Stokely. Oh, how about um, Loudred, who just likes yes, the, Loudred is gonna win the big voice Pokemon, big looking yeah. one. Yeah. All right, I've got two females. Uh, Jade Cargill as a Pokemon. Uh, Machamp. That's okay, my Machamp. There's the right Machamp. There. Perfect. And the last one I have is Thunder Rosa because I think there's a very correct answer here. And think Thunder Rosa when she's like all out in her gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm picturing and I'm going. Yeah, go my... to number two seventy two on your Pokedex. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me if that's two on the nose with the sombrero. I don't. I don't. Know. <laughs> Oh yes, yes. I was actually thinking of yeah. uh, of Ludicolo. Yeah. yeah, Ludicolo with the sombrero. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I I put Thunder Rosa, and I couldn't think of anything. I'm like, well, Thunder Rosa with the sombrero is a Pokemon with sombreros. <laughs> so it's not a bad choice. What do you think? There you go. Speaking of which, I opened Pokemon Go. There is a wild stuffle right in my in my bedroom. So I need a little to, stuffy. Yeah, I need to address that real quick. Steve, are we ready for some <laughs> questions? I am ready for some questions. All right. This is uh, mine and Andrew's probably our highlight of each episode. I don't know if people get a kick out of this, but what I do, Andrew writes these questions. Every once in a while, I'll throw some in, but I purposely don't read them until I get on the air Mm -hmm. because I I like to just kind of be shocked by them. Um, First question uh, from Andrew for us is if interim AEW women's champion Tony Storm gets injured. By the way, do you think they made the wrong call with Tony Storm winning? Should should Jamie Hayter have won that belt at all? Out? I wanted Jamie Hayter to win the belt because so Tony I. Storm was too obvious. Yep. And I do think Tony Storm would have beat Thunder Rosa. Yep. I think that's where it was set to go. Um, and the crowd got behind Jamie Hayter, I think, because she's an underdog. Yeah. I, so. And she's just kind of been there. Um, it's yeah. it's interesting. I think more, even more than with the males, I think the AEW fans – really want to root for the AEW women over the WWE women. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like they don't mind Tony Storm, but like Chris Statlander and Jamie Hayter, I think the two of them, if Tony Khan really got behind them, I think they could really do something for the women's division. But the question itself was, if interim AEW women's champion Tony Storm gets injured while Thunder Rosa is still out, should we crown an interim to the interim champion? <laughs> yes or no? Now, I think that, um, I say I think a lot, but when Andrew makes these, sometimes I believe that he already has answers in mind to them. (laughs) I do too. And I'm going to try and guess what his response would be here. And I'm going to say, yes, there should be an interim to the interim champion, and the new belt should be uh, presented by Dwight Dwight, uh, Schrute. Interim to the interim champion. All yes. right. Uh, we've got a couple Trustbusters questions. This is a really heavy <laughs> Trustbusters episode. I still haven't seen the Trustbusters in, uh, in the I, ring, I don't think. The way I describe Parker Boudreaux is like in the WWE video game, like if Brock Lesnar wasn't on it, but you wanted to make Brock Lesnar yourself <laughs> and you screwed up the tattoos really bad, that's what Parker Boudreaux looks like to me. Um, I was thinking like, when you, I, I have not been to a Dollar Tree in a long time, but like when Dollar Tree first started, you would go and there'd be like fake superhero yes. figures, yes. and they would be like, "This is the knockoff Spider-Man." Yeah, uh, yeah, he's like the spider like rock. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He um he really likes avalanche splashes in the corner. No oh boy, he does them a lot. But uh, 
I guess this question isn't really about them, but it says, now that the death, the death trial triangle, man, I'm really stumbling here tonight. Now that the death triangle have won the world trios titles, who would you like to see go after them first as their next feud? And why is it not the Trustbusters? So who would you it's like to see feud It's not the Trustbusters because yeah. I, I just couldn't figure out which three people to put together to face the death right. triangle. Right, yeah. We need more of a free bird rule, like a Trustbuster yeah. rule. Uh, but who would you like to see feud with the death triangle? <clears throat> Gosh, I feel like um, nobody, man. Like, <sighs> I wouldn't uh, mind. Like, I, maybe the Blackpool Combat Club could be fun. Yeah, because that's one where, like, I, I think one of them is going to win that title, Moxley mm-hmm. or I almost said Jericho or Danielson, but then whichever one doesn't could team up with Cesaro and Yuta. Yeah, I call them Cesaro, Claudio. Uh, yeah, that could be really fun. Um, I, I think if you wanted to, you could just keep running with best friends, too. Yeah, to if Garcia sticks with the JAS, maybe Garcia and... And 2.0. 2.0. Ooh, that'd be really fun, actually. And that would be a way to showcase 2.0 and be like, these guys can actually wrestle, too, because it seems like not only have we never seen them in a standard match, like, the matches they're in are, like, gory, bloody brawls, you know? Like, mm-hmm. can they actually wrestle? I trust that they can, but I have no evidence that they have. Yeah. So, um, do we want another Trustbusters question or no? No, we can skip this. Okay, good. Skip this one. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know the answer to it. Okay. Um, since AEW named one of their shows Blood and Guts after an offhand comment by Vince McMahon during a conference call, should they have a new show titled Cease and Desist after threatening legal action against WWE for potential tampering? No, because that was already a gimmick they used, the Bucks used in Ring of Honor after they <laughs> uh, had a cease and desist on Too Sweet, yes. which is why they had the lived one suite. Yep. I think that they should maybe have a show or a gimmick match called Developmental. <laughs> <laughs> Since Triple H kind of, yes. uh, oh, they beat Developmental. Like, you know. Uh, by the way, I guess NXT is back to black and gold again. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can't call it NXT 2.0 for ever. Right. Like, it just kind of seems... It would be kind of like taking a renowned Place to Be Nation podcast mm-hmm. that's much beloved and then just uh, kind of, like, had a split apart for many reasons and then rebooting it as, like, like a bootleg and calling it Clotheslines and Headlines <laughs> 2.0. It'd be just like that. Right. Right. Yeah, nobody would ever do that, though. No. Uh, see if there's a question for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. If I told you that Place B Nation's main event would potentially outlive being the elite, would you believe me? Well, let's... we've already had outlive being the elite because we were we were there years ahead of time. Yeah, that's true. If if Aubrey Sitterson couldn't kill main event, then A Steel's not going to kill being the elite. Um, so I think we're, I, I I think why can't we both live on in perpetuity that's true when is being the main event going to start becoming a youtube show um when the four of us start looking a little bit better (laughs) listen uh as someone who's seen a lot of wrestling podcasts like on youtube doesn't Mm -hmm. stop a lot of people still oh yeah (laughs) that does not stop many people um steve staying on you as a topic here for a second and last time you were on the show with us you mentioned uh, because of the change in the economy and inflation and stuff like that, a lot of wrestling promotions have been using doors 
for table spots instead of actual tables because doors are cheaper. Uh, so could the young bucks say under oath that they were just practicing a table spot when they kicked down CM Punk's door? Ooh, that's a, a, a good, that, that is a good question. They could have been practicing carnival tricks like the, um, Taking the sledgehammer and trying to get it up <laughs> yeah. the, the bell. They were just trying to guess CM Punk's a, weight. Yeah, or they were trying to get like a maximum combined force of their super kicks mm, yes. together and like see if they can time it perfectly. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, I like this one. This is a good question. Uh, since everyone that got suspended was Ring of Honor alumni and they mm-hmm. have former Ring of Honor people in attendance every time the pure title is on defense. Uh, if these guys keep getting suspended, which random Ring of Honor name would you have liked to see as a fill-in judge for a pure title match? Uh, pick, okay. Pick a couple. Okay. Cause I saw This was the one question I saw, and I got a great one. Okay. Um, at first, I thought, God, there was that time period where they had, like, their version of the Young Lions trophy, and it was, like, with Sweet and Sour. Oh, Corporator yeah. was around, and I was like, oh, it could be, like, Shane Hagedorn. <laughs> but then I thought, No. It just popped into my head, and I haven't thought of this person probably since the HDNet days. Bobby Dempsey. Bobby Dempsey. Wow. He looked like Baby Huey. He had yep. like curly blonde, white hair, yep. and like the embassy. Almost like fun- see, almost like Kenny Omega's hair back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Bobby Dempsey. Andrew picked Cheeseburger, but only if Cheeseburger, in my opinion, not in his current stage, his like original. Yes. Like cheeseburger hat stage. So we got Bobby Dempsey. We got cheeseburger. Who's the one that you think? Um, I was thinking two different ways. I was thinking Chad Collier is trying mm. to think of an obscure name. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and then I was just thinking anyone from Special K, just like Izzy. <laughs> Izzy, well, that was where I thought too, but like Slim J is from special <laughs> k that's true where did he come from how about um cheech from cheech and cloudy cheech, cheech yeah. what about what was the christopher street connection what was their names yep uh yeah i don't remember their names oh man or uh, there was uh the backseat boys trent acid maybe trent acid yeah. uh both of them are both of the backseat boys are dead oh okay <laughs> So, which dead oh. Ring of Honor stars would you like to have? <laughs> Jeez, they're both dead? Yeah. Wow, I did not know that. Huh. You know, I think I'm going to go with uh, Chad Collier. Chad Collier, Cheeseburger, and Bobby Dempsey. Yeah. Fourth, we could have, like, the Beer City Bruiser, like, yeah. escorted out of the arena. <laughs> Flogged. <laughs> uh... <clears throat> Here's one that I think is just a straight-up question. If Brandon Cutler actually took footage on his camcorder of the fight, would you like to see oh, it? Oh, God. Heck, yeah, I would like to see that. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, how great would that be? Um, I. <laughs> this is a great one from Andrew. All right. Since Punk's promo in 2011, Steve, you have to give this a Steve Willie seal of approval, but Punk's promo in 2011 was called the Bite Bomb, the Pipe Bomb. Should his destructive media scrum interview be called the Gripe Bomb? That's good. <laughs> I love that. The gripe, Bob. For- you know, when uh, that was on, so we were at the show, and we drove back to the hotel, and I think 
Tony Storm was on the media scrum. I didn't realize they showed it live on YouTube from AEW. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they had, I, I think one of the earlier ones, like I was off Sean Ross Sapp's phone or something like that. So I'm like, oh, let's, let's rewind and you know, like just watch from the top. And it kicked in like in the middle of the Colt Cabana guys questions, like the, oh, you did improv. Right as it went south. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, that's where it kicked in, the feed. And I'm just watching it, and it's like, you know, just a ridiculous hour of the morning. And I'd been up to like one in the morning the last night or two, which is not the norm for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like looking at it in that half asleep. I've been, you know, out most of the day. And like, is this, is this real life? (laughs) Is this an angle? Yeah, it was so bizarre. It didn't see, and then Tony Khan just sitting there, like not, like kind of like half smiling, like oh, oh, Tony, 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 oh, like not the band, Tony, <laughs> like say something, like. <laughs> well, and then too, like I, I mentioned on the last episode, whatever version I was watching too, it was also like the microphones were odd, where everyone's voice was really deep, like James Earl yes. Jonesy. Like oh, you, good. I'm yeah. glad you said that, too, because I thought I was like, there was something wrong with me. Nope. Yeah, that's... Really, and that's added to the surrealness of it all. Like, yeah, it's that when you're half asleep and you're like, am I awake here? Is this dream real? Or... <laughs> that's very, very bizarre. Yeah. But yeah, just... I like the Great Bomb. That's that's good. I like Great Bomb. I think that's really good. I hope that catches on and Andrew gets mm-hmm. the credit for that. But um, uh, we got a couple more and then we'll, we'll get out of here. Uh. What if Daniel Garcia, uh, his current storyline is, is he a wrestler or is he a sports entertainer? What if Daniel Garcia, after being torn, decides he actually wants to be a librarian? <laughs> Joins Peter Evel. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we just let go of the wingman. I mean, they're still... True, true. Yeah. I have to find my picture with Daniel Garcia at uh, AAW show. Brett and I left, and he was, like, sitting next to the trunk of my car. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. I was like, oh, hi, 22-year-old wrestler Daniel Garcia, who's just started with AEW. <laughs> yeah, man, he's he's been pretty well, I think. Um, by the way, he won the pure title. You know, we, we haven't really yeah. recapped oh, yeah, anything really in the last the week. <laughs> uh, two consecutive three-segment matches on that show. Yeah, that was, you know, let's take two minutes and just say, in the wake of everything that happened after out, what a really solid show Dynamite was last week. That, was, that last hour, I think I texted you. Yep. Um, you said it was like, made sure, for you. <laughs> it was made for me. Like the Danielson-Page match. Oh, so now, good. obviously not up to the first two matches, sure. which they had, which are like Agreed. all-time AEW matches. Um, but, you know, just a, a, a great tournament match to try to get the uh crowd and the more so the viewer i think because the live experience is you know for any show sure is going to be better than watching it um but just trying to get in the good graces of the viewer you know page who's like oh what's gonna what are they gonna do with him you know right? he's getting extreme, you know and and then danielson who can you know wrestle the proverbial broomstick to a good match and then just do this straight up mm-hmm. pure match um with with Yuda and Garcia as the main event yep over Danielson, Danielson and Page. Page yeah which was a really brave decision I think on Tony Khan's part to put like the two young guys who a year ago no one even knew who they were right yeah like Wheeler Yuda was losing in 40 seconds this time yeah. a year ago 
And a couple of months before that, they were, you know, wrestling in Rhode Island at a bar. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and not just the matches. Um, we had some, uh, like, MJF and Moxley cut a great promo. Yeah, it Moxley's really, promo is better than MJF's. Yeah. Even. I mean, if, if you're an MJF fan, that's exactly what you want about the guy. Right. You know? Uh, but Moxley really came, came, like a rah-rah type promo that probably the, like, re- the backstage you, needed to hear, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, you come up, you know, he's, you know, hey, I'm the leader. And also, you know what, I'm pissed off and I'm kind of embarrassed. Yep. And like, good. Like, yep. now there's a, there's like, you know, your shoot promo in a way that. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you, you should be embarrassed. Yeah, I These agree. are grown-ass men that are at the top of the company. Over and, stuff uh, that happened so long ago. And it was like, so piddly. Yeah. Like, even too, like, again, I said at the top of the show, I don't want to talk too much. I don't really like hearing, like, the, oh, did you hear this? But, like, if I want to crap on Punk a little bit more, like, just needlessly pointing out the whole, like, oh, he has a bank account with his mom. Like, what is wrong with yeah, that? Yeah, that was. Like, us too, maybe his mom needs that because she's elderly and he she doesn't know how to handle her banking. Maybe it's. Not because he needs mommy. Maybe his mom needs help. And and he's a kind person, punk. Right. Like, some people are kind, you know? (laughs) Imagine that. Yeah, some sort of retirement plan or something like that. Exactly, you know? Like, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why he could be in an account with his mother's name on it. But Mm -hmm. anyways. Uh, What was the question? Librarian, right? (laughs) No, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. What what he decided he didn't want to be a sports entertainer or a wrestler. Yeah. yeah, maybe he just wants to be loved. Yeah, yeah, maybe just maybe he wants to be a ref. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we find out he's Ronnie Garvin's kid, <laughs> and he fuses Brian Pillman immediately. Um, <laughs> we got a couple more questions, uh, Steve. There's been a cameraman at ringside. This is before Claudio came in. Some people speculate this could be his debut. Are you familiar with the masked cameraman? Yes, yeah. yes I am. Super jacked, like super muscular dude. Excalibur actually made a mention of him in one of the recent shows, I believe. Yeah, like I, <laughs> that, I, people thought like he might be Claudio in disguise. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's how built the guy is. But the question is, when they finally pull the trigger on revealing a surprise wrestler as a cameraman in disguise, Steve, who would you like it to be, and what purpose would you like it to be for? I think I've done that before during the pandemic I, at I, the Daily Place shows, and I can't remember what it is. I know they did it in WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, did they or not? Yeah, I think Brian, when Danielson was feuding with Bray Wyatt, I think he was like a cameraman once because he wore that blue jumpsuit. Do you remember that? It was like yes. Coveralls. Yes. I think he was a cameraman once. I think I would want it to be like the most absurd <laughs> nonsensical thing and it's just like they reveal it and they just like it, it, i think it should be like just danhausen <laughs> it's just danhausen because the way his arms are positioned he's cursing everyone waves and you watch the back <laughs> i think it should be dustin Rhodes mm. to finally pay off gtv <laughs> all these years later and no one would get it right. they'd be like Ten people that would get it. He's like, I'm the one that ruined Beaver Cleavage's career. Is that was that his name, Beaver Cleavage? What a yeah, here, here's time a to be here's a uh, callback which it's... I got uh, from the GCW show, The Art of War. Uh, I, I am like not a Matt Cardona fan, and God bless you if you are. It's like great, 
Um, but he was in a match against Jimmy Lloyd, former deathmatch guy. And the match was won when Chelsea Green got up on the apron and flashed Jimmy Lloyd. Oh, who's I like saw that. Loser. Yep. Yep. And uh, total callback to on Saturday night, Terry Runnels <laughs> doing the same thing. Yep. And I don't know how many people got that. Yep. Um, but also... Far less titillating in 2022 when... Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, in a GCW show, you'd expect her to be speared through a table immediately. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, let's do one more question and, and we can get out. This one's more of a fun one. Like, not really funny, but fun. Uh, so, uh, Robert Anthony, uh, one of uh, John Moxley's best friends, said in an, excuse me, in an interview... That Moxley was set to have a six-week break following All Out and go fishing before AEW mm-hmm. pulled him back as in, back in his emergency. Steve, question for you. Actually, two-part question. One, would you like to go on a fishing trip with John Moxley? No, me either. I would not want to be in a secluded place with him anywhere. Uh, but the other question is, if you had six weeks off work, what would you do first? Or what would you do most? What would you most like to do? I think I would just go to Hawaii and yeah. just like that's that's the dream right there, like eighty-two degrees every day. Um, I, I think that's what I would do. I mean, I might bring my family. I'd bring you along. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, because like question I thought was to both of us. And we so, could yeah. finally trade Pokemon. Yes, <laughs> finally. <laughs> Oh, man, I went and saw Glenn's wedding, and we've been playing Pokemon together for years, and what did we forget to do when we were hanging out? <laughs> Trade? <laughs> yes. Um, we spent literally the whole day together. We even played Pokemon. We went for walks together. Do you think Glenn was catching Pokemon as he walked down the aisle? I think he might have been. Definitely before. Yeah, definitely before. At least at rehearsal, right? <laughs> um, what would I do if I had six weeks off work? By the way, the image of John Moxley in a small canoe in a lake, just grumbling, like, yeah, he, he doesn't drink anymore either. He probably <laughs> drinks NA beer. Yeah, He's, I would yeah. think so. My dad used to drink that too. Um, he actually really liked it. Uh, there was one brand I can't remember that that he liked, but I remember I was like fourteen. I'm like, well, can I drink it since it's not alcoholic? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, fine. Hops infused seltzer water. Hmm. is a thing that has happened that does not sound good to me <laughs> <laughs> that was something that brett following on the trip i'm just gonna put it out there okay. i didn't try it okay i'm not a big cops fan yeah uh, six weeks though uh i mean i'm not yeah, a fisherman hawaii sounds good man like that's that sounds like something because you'd need a few weeks to do hawaii i feel like mm-hmm. you know? yeah i'll go with you we'll go to hawaii there we go. Episode 28, live from uh, the shores of Oahu. <laughs> Andrew, get on a plane. Trade in your <laughs> drug money. <laughs> we need plane tickets. Uh, but Steve, man, I really appreciate you filling in. Um, I know you're still on the mend. Um, so you, you, you made it through. Uh, you haven't passed yeah. out. Um, better than Ric Flair. You know. <laughs> so, uh, tell us uh, where we can listen to you. What, what do you do in podcast-wise? I am to both the day it comes out on Friday, the very day that this show comes out. You can also go to the Place to Be Nation feed, and we will have main event out. And since the time that this arrives, 
main event will already have tape. This is the Freebirds WCW. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the title, the but Freebirds then win title it back. Change. <laughs> yeah. Yes, before it was on TV. So what did we talk about? We talked about um, the PWI 500, and then Scott got really mad about CM Punk being rated so high. Mm. Um, this, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sh- Jordan kayfabe but like i think that's actually gonna happen no i so, believe it like... <laughs> i believe it you know um so we have... did, hang on when we did episode 200 i was actually kind of shocked to hear him disparage punk because scott loved punk he i think pa- punk. um punk is gonna be the new moxley for yeah for scott at least that one this one's warranted i feel like yeah, at some point to get back into uh, the TNA watch, but it's, I got to be honest, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of work to do it. Um, I, I take all the notes, and you have to be in a certain mood to do it. Yep. So, um, yeah, that, that I am doing. You can follow me on uh, Instagram. It's probably the best place. Is Steve Willie, and then the number one. Yep. Um, I don't put as many pictures as I should on there, because... I don't know. I, I like pizza's been been the big thing lately. I realize my my Facebook is become a meme account. Like I don't even like if I post anything like legitimate, it just devolves quickly in the comments. So I just post memes. <laughs> you know. Hey, if you listen to this show, go on Facebook and donate to my kids' baseball team. Oh, okay. If you Sounds if great. you listen if you're a listener of the show, and you go and you donate to my kids' baseball team. I will give you a shout out on every podcast that I do. Perfect. That sounds great. So you'll have to make your donation known then so Steve can know who you are that's donating. Um, Also, too, you and I are actually taping another podcast this coming week, but I don't think it drops for like a month or so because we're doing some Halloween-related stuff over at the Mothership, uh, the original place to be podcast, correct? Yeah, I don't know if I've been on that show in hundreds of episodes. I think yeah. I got blacklisted. I'm going to bring that up since you'll be with me. I think like, you should. Like, hey, why was I blacklisted on this show? Yeah, it's probably because you kneeled uh, when they played uh, Hulk Hogan's theme song during that one live watch of Nitro. Oh, that's probably right. That's probably what it was. You were protesting uh, his pasta shop. <laughs> that's true. I saw they just uh, an independent company did yeah a show in Mall of America. It looked really cool. It had a it lot of AEW guys. Yeah, I mean they, they let Orange Cassidy do it. Yep. Uh, I want to say, is it called First Wrestling? Yeah, First Wrestling's out of Minneapolis. Yep. Um, they actually, oh man, I can't think of the name of the venue that they do. Shout out to CRZ Christopher Robin Zimmerman. I'm sure he's not listening, but I, I talk to him frequently now. Um, he, he's out in Minneapolis, but it's the venue. I think it's First Avenue. I think that's why it's called First Wrestling. They, oh, okay. They would wrestle out of First Avenue, which is the location that Prince did a lot of his shows at. That's cool. And I know Eric Cannon is um former indie, big indie star who just mistimed his career. Yeah, definitely. This was, would have been huge yep. if uh, all this AEW and Ring of Honor stuff happened a couple years earlier. So so this show was um, Orange Cassidy wrestled Effie. It was called Saturday Night Nitro. And like, mm. if you watch any clips, the entrances, like the Chirons matched old Nitro and stuff. Oh, Ethan, that's cool. Yeah, Ethan Page was on this show. Uh, I'm kind of looking. Rob Van Dam was on the show. 
I don't yeah, he, he was gonna face. He faced Dante Martin, and oh, that's right, Dante Martin is the one that I was thinking of. Yeah, and I, they ended up tagging together at the end or something. Yep. The main event just got JJ Williams uh, from Wrestling Observer was tweeting. The main event just got trust busted. Why not mention him one more time? Sunny Kiss <laughs> and Arya Davari both showed up. Nice uh, to interfere in the RVD Dante Mar match. Oh, I thought you were going to say John Moxley, Sammy Guevara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the title <laughs> tournament, as we know it right now, is Danielson versus Jericho. Winner faces Sunny Kiss. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's the whole card, by the way. Eric Cannon defeated Darren Corbin, not Baron. Darren Corbin. Oh yeah, Eric. Yep, he's uh, not a Minneapolis guy. Ethan Page. Guy. Yeah, Ethan Page defeated Ja C. J A H dash C. So there's another Jeff one. C, yeah. And there's another one that we could put in our letter ratings. Yeah. Uh, still below Big E. Uh, the first wrestling Uptown VFW champion, Devin Monroe, defeated Brandon Gore, Lindsay Dorado, hey, we mentioned him too, and Riley Jackson in a four-way match. Uh, Free Range Kara defeated Billy Starks with, uh, Lisa Marie, <laughs> Lisa Marie Varon, which is, uh, Victoria, correct? Yeah. As a special referee. Uh, Orange Cassidy beats Effie, Thunderfrog won a Rumble match against... Oh, former Chikara guy. Yeah, listen to this, uh, cast of characters, Warhorse, Dark Sheik, Badger Briggs, Black Stallion... ESQ, I don't know if like MJF <laughs> ripoff, uh, Ryan Cruz, Shane Black, and Lore. Mm. Uh, Colt Cabana defeated Dak, Dak Draper, so I don't think CM Punk made an appearance. Uh, RVD was in no contest with Dante Martin, and then they teamed up and defeated the Trustbusters in the main event, as you said you thought happened. So that sounds like a fun little indie show. Yeah. Or a fun I, trip to the I, mall. I saw the pictures, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was packed. Yeah. It says it's the first pro wrestling event in the Mall of America since 1995, which, of course, was WCW Nitro. So, um, But, yeah, uh, we'll find out why you got blacklisted. We'll we'll grill Justin, throw him under the bus a little bit here and there uh, as we watch some, some wrestling. Um, yeah, what did we get blackball some... from the show, Justin? What happened? I know. I think we're going to do some live watching. And I think right as it's at its most lighthearted, that's when you change the mood. Mm. It's when you pull the mask off to reveal that you are the cameraman. <laughs> Ripped cameraman Steve Willie. <laughs> so, man, like, they're on episode, like, uh, how many, 500 and something, 1,000 and something? It's uh, it's honestly pretty remarkable what Justin Scott have done. I mean, yeah. So, many, uh, you and I know we've both done our own shows that lasted, what, 10 episodes? Rank and File, like, has done three, but, uh, yeah. three iterations, never got more than 10 episodes. Feeling good for now? Yeah. Uh, it's four. Yep, yeah. did four. More than my what, head. You know what sucks about that? We did four episodes of Feeling Good for Now, and then we stopped, and nobody said, hey, why aren't you feeling good anymore? No one checked on no. me, Steve. Yeah, I'm super depressed. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> I've been eating muffins and yelling at people for years. See, I'm Punk I'm, does I am the only person who got COVID and gained weight <laughs> during COVID. That is me. I had like half a pizza today. <laughs> so I think you did not lose your sense of taste, which is a good no, thing. No, I did not lose my sense of taste. I have probably gained a couple pounds while having COVID. But honestly, when I had COVID, because I put on the COVID, not from having COVID, but from like quarantine and stuff. Like, we were like, me and my friend, we're going to exercise, we're going to go for walks, and instead I was like, I'm just going to watch more Tiger King and order <laughs> out again, and I gained weight, and I when I actually got COVID, I'm like, low-key, I kind of hope I lose my sense of taste, I, so I just I, eat vegetables. I was hoping the same. Yeah, <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> it did not happen. So, 
But anyway, Steve, I'm glad you're doing better. Uh, I will talk to you again uh, less than a week. We'll be taping another yeah. show together. Uh, for those of you who are still listening, Andrew Reich is not here. He will be back. We worked, you guys. Uh, thankfully, it did not turn into a shoot. Steve is eating a muffin, though, so I think it's probably time to go. Steve, do you have any grievances you want to air before we go off the air? Do I have any grievances? Yeah, I, I do. You want to know why I've been black? But why we've been blackballed from the the place to be podcast? I'm dying to know. Yeah, and we will we will find out. Um, I got work issues, but I I, I won't bring those up here. Okay. Any other grievances? Did your kid's baseball team get jobbed by anybody? Any bad umps? Um, with COVID, I didn't have to go to the latest tournament, but apparently there are there are baseball team parents who the entire time that they are on these trips, all they do, even not during the games, is talk about the kids' baseball teams. That they, they, it's just in perpetuity, like what people should have done differently, and they're eleven years old. <laughs> No one cares. I can't even talk about Major League Baseball that much. <laughs> like, like no one cares. <laughs> like, yeah, if we move this person over here and this person there, this person kind of screwed up. They're eleven. Johnny's got to work on his uh, on his grounders a little bit. Actually, Johnny has homework, but <laughs> yeah, Johnny Johnny wants to go fishing and play Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Well, if you air those grievances, we'll get one of those resolved in the next couple of weeks. Andrew is uh, professionally resolving some other grievances for people, whatever he does for a living. I don't really know, but he'll be back next time, and uh, he and I will be here. Steve, the door is always open, the forbidden door. Yeah. Uh, we super kicked it down so you can come in. Ben Morris, if you're listening, you can come on in, too. Anytime you want to talk AEW, this is your place. Maybe not the place to be, but somewhere in the north-south connection. Get to you